everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we are back with a new episode of the Gourmet Guru Podcast. You can always catch me, JJ Outlaw, on Twitter, at least for now. We'll go over that in a minute. <laughs> at JJ Outlaw. You can catch me on Instagram always at Gourmet Goober. If you're on Spotable, which I promise I will be on Spotable more, because <laughs> I'm on Spotable and I really love it. I just need to weed myself off of Twitter. But you know what? If you're on Spotable, hook me up, look me up. I'm at JJ Outlaw. And as always, I am here with my BFF, that dude, the Dark Desperado. I've run out of ways to like, you You have a lot of nicknames, so we would take all day talking about that. But my hubby, <laughs> 18 years in counting, we'll talk about that too in a moment, T Outlaw. How's That's it going? I am well. <laughs> Hi, kids. Uh, you can find me, T Outlaw, at T Outlaw, that's T-O-U-T-L-A-W, at Twitter for the moment, and on Instagram at T Outlaw Chelsea Wells. So, wow. <laughs> it's been a long time. Oh my gosh, an unexpected long time break. Just in a nutshell to kind of give you guys a look at how the sausage is made. Um mm, sausage. <laughs> As opposed to mmm, bacon. Mmm, donuts. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay, we're going to go down the spiral for that. Although now I want Munster Donuts. Damn it. Anyway, when we record the podcast, it's sort of like a labor of love that we do for the show simply because we really enjoy the experiences of putting it together. It's sort of a way for Big Daddy and I especially when we started it and we worked opposite schedules so that I would work during the day and he would work at night and we would pass each other literally on the South Shore trains leaving to and from Chicago. It was a way for us to kind of have a project for us to, you know, share our love of cooking and all things foodie. And it was something that we did and we just put it out in the world. And lo and behold, we're really blessed a lot of people tuned in. And different countries. So that's always cool. At the time in which we record our shows, it's sort of like a long process where Big Daddy and I will dedicate anywhere between one and a half to two and a half hours every other week in order to, you know, lay down the tracks, if you will. And then after that, it's sort of me like going back, editing out all the ums. So if you listen to like the newer shows versus the earlier shows, which I had no idea how to do any of that. <laughs> Big difference in audio quality, including it that I'm going to take out now. <laughs> and I also make sure that everything is updated. If there's any advertisers or sponsors or you know, people that we're trading promos with, all of that gets done behind the scenes and put together. The editing process takes a while and there's a a total method on how you do it. So it, it takes anywhere, if everything is running smoothly, an additional three to four hours of my time putting that together. However, when things don't run smoothly, which sometimes happens, because if anyone who's worked and audio media knows, you know, if you're not working in a big studio and you're doing it yourself, 
that, you know, sometimes things happen where the audio doesn't pick up the way you want. You know, in my case, I found after the fact that for some weird reason, one of the tracks were corrupted. And keep in mind, we're doing this opposite of nine to five that we do, that we both have a responsibility. We still, you know, we're married and we run a household. That takes time. And suddenly you find yourself buried under an avalanche of trying to figure out what's going on. And on top of that, there's also the marketing. So all those cool social media things that you see, like the videos and all of that, I do. I create, which I don't mind because I really, really love doing that. And honestly, it's helped me in my career knowing that I do this off, you know, my nine to, regular nine to five. You know, I've gotten lots of things in my career from the work I do with the podcast. So I say this that to kind of explain what the process is. And I go into it every recording you know, just really excited because I want to share this, you know, labor of love that the two of us put together with the world. Well, what I discovered with this last episode, and there was an episode that we actually recorded that just as a side note, will be released as a bonus track because I figured out how to do it. As I was working on all of this stuff, I realized, you know, after I was fighting the audio and some of the equipment, (laughs) that I just went through this like rabbit hole of suck for lack of a better word. I'm sorry. What was that? Well, I call it the rabbit hole of suck. Never heard of that before. (laughs) My therapist calls it burnout. (laughs) So I recognize after fighting it for several days and that turned into a week that I suddenly went into this like hole where I just didn't want to F. I didn't want to fuck with it to be honest. And I went into this period where I think that it was, you know, every creative goes through a moment of what is this all for? And you have to like re-examine what you're doing and why you do it and the love of, you know, what comes out of it. And I experienced sort of like a mini burnout as I was fighting to get the audio together. Okay. Hence the rabbit hole of suck, as I call it, (laughs) where it's just, okay, you know what? I've looked at this track, I don't know how long, and I've tried to restore it to the best of our ability because otherwise we're going to have to lay it again. And it's just like a fuck it. I need to step away from this. (laughs) And so I told my therapist that. And she's like, yeah, that's, that's actually a very healthy thing you did. (laughs) so take this moment if you need to step away you know and valuing that you have a lot on your plate things that you do to sustain yourself you know that nine to five things you do because you love it things you do in the middle of that because you need to keep the lights on and you know pay the bills and take the dog to the vet and things like that and if you get to the point where you hit that proverbial wall, if you will, and you just need to take a couple of weeks to find yourself, do that because your mental health is everything. And so I thought about that and I thought, okay, well, I'm a failure because I'm not putting out the episode as I planned because the key to podcasting, right, is consistency, right? Correct. 
I mean, that's what lets people know that they can tune in whenever they want. And they get to know the people, you know, they kind of become your friend. And just like with any friendship, you need to stay in contact with them. And I was sort of beating myself up until Big Daddy's like, you know what? Maybe it's not so bad if you just allow yourself to like, I don't know, finish that graphic novel and just not stress over everything, including the corrupted file or, you know, get through that, you know, that segment in Marvel. Um, What was that game I just downloaded? I think it's called Marvel Champions or something. Marvel Champions? Yeah, it's a fighting game that I have on the iPad. Surprise! <laughs> okay, things we learned today. <laughs> We're, I I think I'm fighting King. I, I don't really know how it works. I just know that my character is Deadpool and he beats everybody else's ass and it's very cathartic. Okay. <laughs> She's reading how to beat people up and <laughs> just going, my time away was just reading cookbooks. <laughs> Books too. That gastro, no, the ghetto gastro black power kitchen cookbook. Just as a side note, you guys love the cookbook. You know what we should do? Not to, not to lose track of what I'm saying. We should do like a cookbook segment because I have tons of cookbooks. Tons. Let's, let's just, you know, pin that for a minute. Okay. <laughs> but going back to <laughs> my, my explanation as to why we've been gone. It was mainly because I realized in the midst of gotta hustle, gotta hustle, I just hit a moment where my brain was just like, you gotta rest, you gotta rest. (laughs) And so I stepped away and I was just thinking, should I have put out a statement on like social media? Because I haven't posted like on Instagram or anything since Easter, but it's just like, no, you know, sometimes silence is okay. Right. And we purposely we share parts of our lives, but y'all don't know everything. And that's by design. Right. I mean, you even know our government names and we do that intentionally because, you know, sometimes we say things that we shouldn't and we black people. (laughs) We want to try to keep our jobs and a roof over our head and things like that. But then I'm sorry to dominate it this part of the conversation but no 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 this you're speaking your truth so as thus go forward but yeah that's pretty much where we were um until i got the spark to just do a deep dive and to say you know what we really built something very cool over the past well four years now right that is correct (laughs) we're celebrating we celebrated our fourth anniversary of the show um Wow. Are, that's right. We are the Jeffrey of this group. <laughs> How old are you, Jeffrey? I'm four years old. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, Google. Well, wait, should we tell them Google? Because it's a Bill Cosby joke. But so, it, but it's still funny. It's not an R. Kelly joke, so <laughs> I, like, I don't care. Basically, it's a Bill Cosby joke about a kid who decided to, like, fuck up everyone's flight. that's on the plane the kid is four years old and he tells everyone that he's four years old and it's a mother with jeffrey flying independently by herself and she gets to the airline she lands where she's landing at airport rather 
and her husband greets her and she basically knocks him the fuck out and to get over to him. So yes, we're the same age as Jeffrey now. Yes, we are. Our podcast has become that troublesome little kid. <laughs> so four years, and maybe this is a good transition. Well, first of all, before we talk about that, I just want to say to everyone who's listening to this right now, I kind of question whether or not I was going to share it. But then I thought it's important to do so for a couple of reasons. One, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And as someone who, like I said, I just shared that I go to therapy and I have a kick-ass therapist. And just know from experience how important mental health is important to general health. There's no shame in talking about when you experience something like that. So I decided to share it because, again, I want to be a part of the solution of destigmatizing solid mental health and recognizing when you go through periods of anxiety or, in my case, burnout or things like that, and just telling yourself it's okay to acknowledge that. Secondly, I was moved to do it because there is a show that inspired us to get into podcasting, one of the many shows that I listened to. It's called The Read. It's hosted by Chris O'Wes and Kid Fury. And Kid Fury has been very open about some of the mental health struggles that he has dealt with and not connected to our break, but they had to take a break themselves because he recognized that he was in a condition where he had to seek help outside of his circle in order to get to a place of wellness where he can record again. And I just thought it was incredibly brave for him to share that. And I just send him all the love. They're back recording. By the way, if you've never heard the read, please listen to it. They're funny. They're reverent. Um, really be prepared. It's off the chain. Yeah. Off the chain. It is so not safe for work. And it's wonderful. I love their show. And I just love the honesty in which they have and the friendship they have with each other. And so, yeah, um, hearing him being that brave sort of inspired me to do so. But then also, I feel that our show's core of listeners have been really, really great. And I wanted to just let you guys know what happened, because there's a lot of podcasts that just disappear overnight and you get no explanation. And it's just like, damn, I have all that time invested. There's several that I know that has kept us going as we started our podcasting journey that are no longer with us. And I felt as a listener, you guys deserve to hear that. So again, I know this is not the cool, fun thing that we normally do in the beginning, but I just thought it might be worthwhile to start that before we dive into the other parts of the segment. And I don't know if you have anything else you want to add because you kind of knew like, the bare minimum of what I was going to talk about. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the bare minimum. No, I don't, I mean, I don't really have anything special to add. I mean, there are times when we can be funny and, you know, and there are just sometimes we just have to, you know, speak what is right in front of us. And we are here to address it and we are here to entertain our audiences. So that is what we are trying to do. And hopefully you are still with us. Yes. But outside of that, whoo, we had two anniversaries. 
want us to podcast. So again, dude, like four years. Yeah, we're four years old. <laughs> that's that's insane. That's crazy. At some point, we're gonna do like a retrospective of like our best moments of the podcast. Of course, in my mind, is always going to be the time that the NBA All Star Game came to Chicago, and we shared the great story of how I was almost turned out by Bishop Don oh, Magic Wand. Is that where we're going? <laughs> or, 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 as a side note, my all-time favorite is the episode, and I've said this many times, the deep-fried everything, where you go back to Indianapolis with me, you tried Long's Donuts for the first time before we said our goodbyes because we thought we we're going to die after eating something at the Indiana State Fair. <laughs> That's always great. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. And that came before COVID, so yes, it was legit. <laughs> but we just want to say thank you. And I don't know if you want to add anything else to like our fourth anniversary. Again, I don't want this to just be me. No, no, no. I, 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 I mean, I, I believe in my heart that we got a lot of things that we have shared and we have yet to share. And I mean, aside from the Danny Wood jokes. <laughs> And I'm sorry, Danny. <laughs> also, uh, the Goober meeting Carla Hall. Oh my God. Yes. Carla Hall gives the best hugs in the planet. <laughs> the time I got to meet Tyler Florence, which is awesome, and got a signed cookbook again from Carla and Tyler. What else? It's just been a long, strange journey. Yeah. We've been to two countries in the middle of it. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. All of our listeners internationally, we want to say thank you. Seriously. And we have yet to visit your countries and as such. If you're willing to drop you know, drop the airfare for us or at least the accommodation, hey, we'll show up and you know, we'll we'll have wiener schnitzel or, you know, Thai food with you if you're willing to <laughs> help us out. But yeah, uh, wiener schnitzel sounds good too. You know what? I should never record this on great. <laughs> And I have a meeting coming up soon. Um, hey, man, at least I have a banana. <laughs> but the other anniversary was our anniversary. Oh, my God. Are you referring to our wedding anniversary? Well, yeah. We've been together, what, 18 years? Yes, we have. 18 years. 18 long years. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, hey, 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 hey. We're just long for Look, 18 years is a long time for everybody. There have been people that have been around for like 50, 60 years together. Well, that's true. My parents. Oh, my God. My parents would have been together for 50 years this year. 50 years. Yes. Wait a minute. And the anniversary is coming up, right? Yeah, in August. Oh, okay. So 50 years in August. That's right. And we got through 18 years. At this point, we're two old people trying to get into heaven. No, they're two old people trying to get into heaven. <laughs> we're like two, you know, you know, spry young whippersnappers there trying to, uh, I don't know. We're trying like, not to go all Homer and Bart Simpson on each other. Yeah, that is true. So what do you think is the secret of, because technically it's 18 years, but we've been together for over 30 years? Yeah, 30 years. Oh, my God. So We met in 1993, 
at a place at uh, I believe it was a Ben and Jerry standalone shop. He 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 still doesn't remember how we met, y'all. It is so funny. <laughs> we wound up getting an argument over basketball, but I was just in it for the ice cream. It was a foodie call. Remember, we did a foodie call. Episode. It was a foodie call. I use you for a foodie call, and I stay with you. She used me for a foodie call. I unfortunately was the wingman to someone's attempted booty call. We were each other's wingman, remember? I had to be convinced to go because I just wanted the free chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. (laughs) She went because her roommate dragged her. Yes. And I went because I was scamming back then to get with... The roommate. The roommate. But then you set up your roommate with her, which is stupid. No, it wasn't stupid. I had to gauge her out, and I found out that there was a lot of rocks in the box. So anyway, we've determined that Big Daddy was not too bright in the beginning, but we still walked up together. Yeah. Isn't that amazing how (laughs) things happen? I have been with you my entire adult life. It just kicked in. In some form or fashion, we were either best friends because we became fast best friends, or we dated. So, best friends, and then we did it for, what, six years? Yes. And then... And in the middle, like, like I want to say, like, around the fourth year, she said, no, this ain't going the right way. So, you know, we had to take a little break or break up or something. And then I had to come back and, like, you know, apply all my, like, Luther and... I'm trying to think... Not Luther! I'm trying to think of all the things I had to, like, start singing. Like, I had to show up... <laughs> You know, with the boombox over the top of my head, screaming at like, please, baby, take me back. None of this is true, by the way, people. Uh, oh, okay, the, the breakup is true. The yeah. breakup was true. But we found our way back to each other. We just needed a little break. <laughs> so, but yeah, oh my God. So 18 years, we'll talk a little bit more about what we did for our anniversary in the third segment. We wound up going to dinner at this really incredible place. What in, was it Hammond or Munster? Uh, Munster, I believe. Munster, Indiana, which if you're not familiar with, it's just over the border in Chicago. So it's relatively close. It's central to Chicago. If you're near Michigan City in that area, it's not that far from it too. But we want to say thank you to them and we will do that more in the third segment. Which was tremendous. Now, I have, I had plans for a nice seafood restaurant Dude, in Illinois, didn't... and that was the Goober and I went to go, and I was originally going no. to have, no, 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 I was going to have, I originally was trying to place orders for reservations at Chicago Cut in the heart of Chicago, but unfortunately, our wedding anniversary fell exactly mother's day Day. yes you want to share the cool thing i got you real quick and i know we need to wrap things up before the next segment but i got big daddy a little biggie smalls oh the little bobble was it's not a bobblehead it's a funko a funko yes yes yeah because i'm a fan of the uh the notorious one mr christopher wallace even has a little, it even has a little crown on it, which I think is great. And a little cane. Yes. I and didn't realize I had the cane until like a couple of weeks later, or I was like, oh my God, it has a cane too. That's funny. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I also got tickets to see uh, my favorite baseball team on the north side of Chicago. Woohoo. They will be playing the the ATL. Yes. Big Daddy actually got me something from reminiscent of our trip to London. Um, I'm a tea person, and so he got me a genuine um, brown Betty tea kettle, teapot, which is awesome. So thank you for that. Yeah, it was a good one. And the dog got me a cup that said dog mom. So, yeah. Yeah, that was to make up for the one that that I broke because the cat was messing with me. That's okay, because the cat also got me a limited edition Thor Ragnarok Loki that, like, glows in the dark for Mother's Day. So, shout out to the cat. (laughs) They know I love Loki and Tom Hiddleston, so that was great. (laughs) Okay, remind me to talk to these cats. (laughs) So, anyway, we realize this is not your traditional segment. We thank you for hanging out with us for it. We're going to take a really quick break, if you will. And then when we come back, we're going to share three stories that, as always, cross that intersection between food and pop culture. So you're listening to The Gourmet Goober, and we will be right back. Hey, guys, this is JJ Outlaw. And T. Outlaw. And we're the co-hosts with The Gourmet Goober podcast with a very important question. Are you a little gourmet or a lot of wretched? <laughs> or maybe you consider yourself gumbo worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own Goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast and, you know, help us keep the lights on in the process. <laughs> so if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot wretched, Head on over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own Goober gear today. Tell them Big Daddy sent you. That's right. Tell them. Hey, everyone. We are back. This is JJ Outlaw. The Outlaw. And we're back with a second segment called What's Eating Us. That's the part of the Gourmet Goober podcast where we discuss the intersection of food and pop culture. Sorry, Big Daddy is enjoying the tea that I reference from the teapot in the first segment. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Forgetting that the mic picks up everything. <laughs> As now he tries to stir less loudly. Well, this isn't get out now. Uh, I'm yeah. just trying to do what I got to do. Anyway, we have have selected three stories that, as always... Made us laugh, made us say, what the F? (laughs) Everything in between. And this first story, actually, it's something of a shock because depending on (laughs) how this goes, I may have a lawsuit on my hands. (laughs) What did you do? (laughs) So so let's take a step back for a moment, guys, okay? Because I think I have shared on the show, even though... We have been deliberate and not giving you a lot of identifying things about us, right? I mean, yeah, we talk openly about our marriage and stuff, but in terms of our true government names, for example, um, we do for a living as far as the companies we work for. We're not stupid. We keep a lot of that private. 
Yeah, my name is Rock, and I deliver trash in Baltimore. <laughs> nice. Do you know Rocky Carroll? No, actually, I do not know Rocky <laughs> Carroll. It's an inside joke for those listening. But whoever knows the joke, you, you know what we're talking about, and haha to you. Um, and her name is Yvonne. Stop. Oh, dude. Really? Hey, we got to use last names. Okay, that's being taken out in post in case it ever gets to her. <laughs> anyway. She will listen. Even though <laughs> we are careful not to share a lot of two personal details. One thing I have shared is I work as a writer and I work in various mediums, right? So right now I am under contract where I work for an organization where I manage their social media. And it's a fairly sizable, it's across 18 states, um, corporation I work for and managing their social media. Yes. So, and I work for sports media and as such, <laughs> uh, that's all I do. Yes. He is an award-winning sports journalist and that's all you're going to get out of me. So anyway. <laughs> but I'm not Stephen A. Smith. No. God, although, Lord, I'm not Stephen A. Smith. Although sometimes I do wonder. Seriously. I don't eat cheese doodles. <laughs> I don't but yell heard, at the cowboys. I have heard your rants. So. <laughs> True. Anyway, myself and not Stephen A., we work in the media in some form or fashion. And right now, under the job I use, I have used the term Taco Tuesday and drafts of communication and social media that I have created for this organization actually fairly recently and as one of their posts. But honestly, I may be in trouble and may catch a case. What did you do? Because as I mentioned, I just said, I used the word Taco Tuesday and Taco Tuesday, believe it or not, the term belongs to somebody or more or less a company. And Taco Bell is trying to save us all so that we can use the term Taco Tuesday without catching a case. So, <laughs> according to CNN, Taco Bell recently filed a petition with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office that canceled the trademark, which is currently owned by a rival company called Taco John's. Have you heard of Taco John's? No, I have not. I have not heard of Taco John's, but apparently Taco John's is um rival... Mexican themed restaurant. They're in a number of states, including Illinois, uh, Indiana, where we have tended to set our shingle, if you will. Um, they have owned the term Taco Tuesdays for the past 34 years. That's 34 right. 34 years. So, because they own Taco Tuesday, believe it or not, Companies who have wanted to use the word Taco Tuesday since the early 80s have been subject to cease and desist letters. Really? Yes. And that includes national corporations, restaurants, and even pharmaceutical companies have all been um, by this chain of companies or chain of restaurants, rather, called Taco John's. Okay. Now I'm intrigued. If only <laughs> for... What exactly is a pharmaceutical company going to do with Taco Tuesdays? Well, let's just say you know that I don't work in a current employer that has nothing to do with food. And I've used Taco Tuesday in a, um, in a social media poster, too, as a reference. So, 
you'd be surprised. Although I'm I'm sure depending on the medication that the pharmaceutical company is issuing, I don't know, putting in the taco, if you are having difficulty swallowing the pill, I don't know, a pill in the form of a taco, that help it go down. There no, might I was be something like, to yeah. that. Interesting. I was thinking <laughs> of like if you got the munchies in, you know, you had a craving at like <laughs> I don't know, two in the morning. So what, that good hookup. So I'm thinking of traditional pharmaceutical companies. You're thinking of like the medical um Hey. <laughs> Urbanal pharmaceutical <laughs> entrepreneur. Okay. That I know nothing about. <laughs> right. Okay, so here's the story. Taco Bell filed the claim because they said that the phrase Taco Tuesday should be freely available to all that eat, make, sell, and celebrate tacos. And the use potentially subjects Taco Bell and anyone who wants to share tacos with the world with the possibility of legal action or angry letters if they actually say the word Taco Tuesday without express permission from Taco John. Simply pursuing, as they said, happiness on a Tuesday. Taco Bell added that no one should have exclusive rights to a common phrase. And they told CNN they went as far as having their director of legal for Taco Bell's parent company, Yum Brands, that is trademark law to, they're using the trademark law, rather, to remedy this injustice. It's a bold brand action that we hope others support. Now, although this, the action, as I said before, sound tongue in cheek, it's actually a very serious matter. And they believe they have a strong case. Because, as we all know, Taco Tuesday is a commonly used phrase. Yes, it is. So, just to kind of give you the history, in case you're wondering, Taco Tuesday was actually coined by a franchisee of the Taco John's chain back in the early 80s, as I said before. At that point, Tuesday was actually spelled T-O-O-S-D-A-Y. And they coined it that way. Because they wanted to boost sales on what was traditionally the slowest day of the week for them on Tuesdays. So the deal was that for 99 cents, you actually get two tacos. It worked tremendously and sales turned around so quickly that they actually shared it with the other franchisees orders. Soon after, they tweaked the name to Taco Tuesday and the coin phrase was trademarked actually in 1989 making it part of their marketing. Since then, as I said before, they've defended its use and sent out cease and desist letters for others who have tried to use it. I am intrigued exactly what happens if you, I guess you kind of have to like respect it, but if you get a cease and desist letter from a Taco John, do you just say, <laughs> one, who are you? Be like, who this? <laughs> Two, why am I paying attention to you? When I'm, I don't know, Taco Bell, and I got like billion dollars and a whole bunch of kids on munchies. <laughs> but more importantly, I'm like, it's a very commonly used phrase. Right. In fact, you and I were talking in the production meeting, right? Didn't LeBron James try a couple years ago in order to license or trademark rather Taco Tuesday? Yes. And at the time, he was turned down because they told him it was a common, commonly used phrase, and he can't do it. That Although correct. that has not stopped Triller Swift for trying to trademark haters. 
And I know some of you are Swifties out there. Come at me, Bo, because it's true. <laughs> Come at her. I don't want this smoke. <laughs> anyway, not trying to start a fight. Just in fact. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need Becky's in my DMs. <laughs> so anyway, why well, fits it up? Thousands upon thousands of of Becky's. Um, Karen's. No no, 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 no. We're not saying anything else. Okay. It's being taken out in post. Ding. <laughs> so. I feel like this this episode is going to be like men in black. It's going to be a lot of like empathizing neurologists going on. No, it's going to be like that episode of South Park, which at the end of the episode, everyone's name was John and Jane Doe. And the one about the Scientology. Yeah, my name is is my name is Rock. I'm a garbage man from Baltimore, <laughs> and I do not know Rocky Carroll. Continue. Anyway, in their response, Taco John is defending the use of Taco Tuesday. They said the Taco Bell has not reached out to us, so we have no comment on any trademark action. Um, John said in a statement, and then they get really shady. And I almost appreciate this shade. Taco John would also like to thank our worthy competitors at Taco Bell for reminding everyone that Taco Tuesday is best celebrated at Taco John's, the trademark owner of Taco Tuesday. (laughs) Then, if that wasn't shady enough, they started a Taco Tuesday deal where they will be selling two tacos for $2 every day into May 31st. That's so cute. It's a nice try. They're almost coming at like from a Hardy's Carl's Jr. type approach. Well, you know Hardy's and Tom's, they're owned by the same company. Oh. You didn't know that? No, I did not. Well, we're going to have a conversation about that later. But yes, they're the same company. Okay. So anyway, right now, just so you know, Taco John has 40 days to file a response. And if the two chains can't reach an agreement, according to CNN... The case will then move it to a discovery period where each company can make document requests and present evidence stating their case. Following that will actually be a trial and oral arguments presented around the term Taco Tuesday. This needs to go to the Supreme Court. <laughs> now, then I would really pay attention to what those nine people would have to say. Now, for those of you at home listening, wondering if you need to stop using Taco Tuesday, unless you too will catch a case from the particularly litigious people at Taco Don's. It's interesting to note that according to CNN, that although Taco John's invented the phrase, that may not be a strong enough defense. Because as one of the said, the term Taco Tuesday is a widely used phrase by Americans in a way that has nothing to do with the defendant's restaurant. So all of you out there who may be avoiding singing happy birthday, but still use the term Taco Tuesday, the law could be coming for y'all too. <laughs> I'm I right now say nothing because I think we might have used that certain phrase to, uh, 12 times. You know what? I intentionally in writing this section out, tried to use Taco Tuesday as often as I can. 13. <laughs> I don't know if I can cover this check. So we may not be on the air next in two weeks. We might be employees of Taco John in a minute. <laughs> so if that happens, it was nice knowing y'all. <laughs> yeah. 
Our doggy producer is going to be like delivery man in a minute. Oh, so what do you think? Do you think that Taco Bell has a legitimate case? All jokes aside, because this is crazy. Like everybody knows Taco Tuesday, but to be honest, I've never really thought about the possibility that that term actually belonging to somebody. I thought it was crazy when LeBron tried to fr- trademark it. This falls to me under the guise of like, as you said, the happy birthday thing. I guess at a certain point, wouldn't that just go into the ether of like, it's public domain? But I mean, I get it because now that we're kind of in that like catchphrase type part of our, I guess, zeitgeist that, and please forgive me if I'm using that term wrong, but I would think that it would be such a big name, a big thing, sorry, common name, as you would say, that. It wouldn't need to be like trademark, but by the same value. I know what Taco Bell's trying to do. They're trying to like play big boy and just take over, you know, like a corner and kind of edge out. Well, uh, here's like the a thing. Small company. They're not arguing because they want Taco Tuesday. They think it's stupid that anyone owns Taco Tuesday. That's their argument. Yeah. And so I don't think it's as much them trying to edge them out. Is they're using this as a way to kind of seem benevolent, <laughs> so to speak, and just say, hey, if given the choice between Taco John and Taco Bell, I'm going to go with Taco John because, or Taco Bell, because I've used Taco Tuesday before. But here's the thing, too. Taco Tuesday is so, I, I've seen shirts with Taco. In fact, I think I have a shirt somewhere that says Taco Tuesday. That explains a lot about you. You're not offended when I make Taco Tuesday, so don't don't be funny about that. Okay? No, I am not offended in any way. <laughs> I very much endorse the use of that phrase. Yeah, but there are shirts for Taco Tuesday. Like I've seen school lunches that have Taco Tuesday. The the um, organization I used to work with that works with young people in social justice work. I believe Taco Tuesday for. Some of our weekly meal plans, we instituted it. I mean, are they going to like go and knock on every school door? Yo, I seen you use Taco Tuesday in your little newsletter. It was $10,000. How could you do that? Okay. Now, not that I'm like here to bring up things, but do you or do not have a cease and desist letter from the Disney people? <laughs> yes. Yes. I. I am in possession. Well, okay. Am I in possession of it? No. Although, should I thought long and hard about it, I probably should have got a copy. The Walt Disney Company once threatened me in Ball State University <laughs> and that cease and desist letter over a mural that we were going to paint on our floor. <laughs> we... <laughs> Our floor and your floor, we, we, this is when we were in college in the nineties. We thought it would be cool to have like brother, sister floors and each of us would paint a mural outside of the bathroom of cartoon characters. You guys chose Warner Brothers. Yes. We chose Disney characters and we even drafted up an idea. It was really cute. It was Minnie and it was Daisy Duck and they're waiting in line to go use the shower outside. Uh, bathroom and they were there in a towel and it was very tasteful it wasn't pornographic it was just them we had a student on our 
floor that was very artistic and did a beautiful job. So I turned it into, you know, my bosses. I was a resident assistant. Next thing I know, not even a day later, I get a threatening letter from the Walt Disney Company. (laughs) 19 years old and getting a cease and desist letter threatening to sue me to oblivion if you paint that our bathroom stall. Meanwhile, Warner Brothers gave no fucks about what you guys did. And did you actually have it one of the paintings like it was like a bucket of chicken, but it was the Roadrunner. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Warner Brothers gave no fucks at all. They didn't care. <laughs> so yes, I um <clears throat> maybe have been named in a lawsuit potentially or two. <laughs> yeah, at one point or another it might have occurred, but you know. <laughs> come see, come saw that we we changed your mind. <laughs> we didn't paint anything. <laughs> exactly. So I understand how these cease and desist letters work, <laughs> but I'm also saying it's rather ridiculous to be that protect over something that's so well used. True. Unless, of course, you're Disney, because I heard they sue for everything. Yes, they do, because somebody somewhere snitched. (laughs) (laughs) And when we find you, we have a certain set of skills. Yeah, it's been a long time, but don't think I've forgotten about y'all, boo. I will find you. Yeah, I will find you, Becky. (laughs) I I will hunt you down. Remember I came to your dorm room and I was like, dude, I think I'm getting sued. You're like, by who? I was like, Disney? And you told me to run. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying, you don't want to fight with Mouse. (laughs) Mouse is powerful. He has that big white pimp hand. (laughs) So on that note, I'm quietly cheering for Taco Bell on behalf of people everywhere who love Taco Tuesday. And I don't know, maybe it'll come to a court fairly soon or to the Supreme Court, as you say, which would be funny because I have a feeling some of those people have, on the Supreme Court has never enjoyed Taco Tuesday. Just saying. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take a shot at this. I'm willing to say they're probably, because we're recording at this moment on a Tuesday, I'm probably willing to say that of the nine justices on the court, probably at least seven today are probably eating tacos. I'm just, just me saying it. Yeah, but not the good ones. Not the fun ones. Hey, I say a seven of the nine. <laughs> you just pick those seven. That's how big of a thing it is. So, <laughs> moving on. Our next story is, is just as bizarre, in my opinion, as the great Taco Tuesday fight. And this is a story that, according to um, NPR, I think that they still don't know who's responsible for it. You guys may have heard um, incidents in New Jersey where they discovered what can only be described as a massive dump of pasta. A massive dump of pasta. Yes. <laughs> I love the the verbiage <laughs> that, that was used for that. A massive dump of, of, of pasta. pasta. So workers in Old Bridge Township, New Jersey, according to NPR, found what 
accounts to 15 wheelbarrow loads full of, quote, illegally dumped pasta along a creek in a residential neighborhood. The pasta came in various sizes and shapes, from macaroni to spaghetti, and mounds of it was sitting along a bank in Earsick Brook. Photos from the scene set off a range of reaction from, of course, your standard pasta puns, to bafflement over who would do such a thing and why. Now, according to local activists, they actually blamed what was known as a missing town service um, by the name of, uh, I hope I said her name correctly, and in her mind, it's not who dumped the pasta, but why. And according to her, she said the story is the fact that the old bridge, we do not have bulk garbage pickup, and it's been a current of contention for the entire town for over 23 years. So right now, she estimates that the pasta that was dumped weighed approximately 300 to 400 pounds. That's a lot. Yes. A lot of <laughs> pasta. That is many Olive Gardens worth of pasta, let me tell you. Now, again, like she said, it's funny and humorous and mortifying. It's funny because it's pasta and not garbage. It's humorous because you can make a lot of joy. And it's horrifying because it can, of course, provide contamination for the entire ecosystem. ecosystem. Yeah. Okay. Now, I know what you're thinking because I'm just that weird foodie that has a morbid sense of humor. Was it cooked or was it raw? And there have been conflicting reports about whether the pasta was indeed cooked or if it grew soft and limp from rainfall. The city believes that it was seven hundred, several hundred pounds of uncooked pasta that was actually taken out of the packaging and dumped on the ground. It looks like it was only there for a few hours, but because of rain and other, you know, inclement weather, that's why it looked the way it looked. Now, the good thing is they were able to clean up the area in less than an hour. Um, I, I have to admit this made me laugh. The um, public works agency called it Mission Impossible. I'm sorry, say that again? Mission Impossible. Instead of impossible, is impossible. Okay. Okay, it's the ultimate dad joke, okay? It <laughs> it's is, yes, very, very much so. But they also took that opportunity, the town's leaders, to maybe consider start offering public trash services. Everybody's got to prove a point. So, let's think about this for a moment. They are still wondering who did it, although the neighbors believe that the pasta came from a house that was recently cleared out instead of put on the market. The man's mother had died, the report saying, leaving her son to clear out the pasta from her pantry. I don't know. How much know. pasta did she have yeah, in the pantry? pantry? How big was the pantry? About as big as the house? I mean, if it's like 300, 400 pounds. Damn. So, so first of all, when I told you this story, you, you had this look of befuddlement. You two in, in, enlightened me with all of your pasta puns, which I hope you could remember quite a few for our podcast. But if not, <laughs> I, I personally like Mission Impossible. I, I really do. Pasta Gates is also a good one. I get that. <laughs> it was a Linguini-like crime. <laughs> it, the Linguini connection. No, I got it. Would that be like the weirdest thing that you would find? And then all jokes aside, because I find it hard to believe that one house had 300 or 400 pounds of pasta. 
so, I don't do not believe that because I've come across like I've read a lot of you know like traffic accidents or you know that have involved trucks that have you know accidentally like lost their load, and I've seen everything from flour to chickens, <laughs> you know, you know to slabs of bacon to milk. Yeah, as of yet, I have not heard of pasta. I mean, I've, I've had a couple of, like, linguine. Not linguine, I apologize. Is it zooty noodles or whatever it was? I forgot. Um, but they weren't, like, they didn't spill all over. It was the, They were still retained in their boxes. But, yeah, like, I've never seen anybody intentionally dump, you know, raw pasta out in the space. I find that kind of crazy, and I think it was intentional done by someone not sure who and i have so so many sopranos jokes i do <laughs> but i just can't make them <clears throat> interesting enough i tried to see if there were any other instances where there would be something close to postigate and i couldn't find anything but i did run into <laughs> Because, you know, sometimes that takes you down a rabbit hole that you're not quite prepared for. <laughs> prepared for, yes. So then <laughs> there was something where 45 weirdest things that people saw on the road. I actually saw a chicken cross a road. <laughs> and then it was the weirdest thing that people left in an Uber. Okay. Different. <laughs> Which would you like to hear? <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm intrigued now by the things that were left in the Uber. <laughs> and and again, this is nowhere as weird as Pasagate. But you know how when you're researching things for stories and then you just go down that rabbit hole, you can't look away. So this is actually from a recent article, believe it or not, that was <laughs> on Gizmodo, just in case you're interested. So among the 22 weirdest things that people left in Uber so far in 2023, <laughs> one was a wig. Okay, I've heard worse. Which was attached to a mannequin. So it was a mannequin wig head. Fair. Lightsabers. I like that. But, but they functional lightsabers. <laughs> I hope not. If so, I really wanted to get my hands on them. A half a gallon of Fireball. Oh, man. Tattoo ink and gold antlers. A bidet. <laughs> How do you leave a bidet in an Uber? I don't know. An important pregnancy test. An important pregnancy test. This is what they said. Did it involve Maury Povich? <laughs> I'm not sure, but... I wonder if it was found with the next one, which was a fire sword. A fire sword? A fire sword. Bundles and packets of fake hair, which I imagine would happen more often than you think. Tamagotchis, which are egg-shaped. Entire slabs of bluefin tuna for sushi. Because, mm. you know, depending on when you find that. Yeah. Timing is a thing. <laughs> Unit cycle. Fog machines. An ankle monitor. A pound of fake blood. <laughs> a remote control vibrator. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I hope it's in the package and not in use. <laughs> you never know. 
funeral pamphlets, of course, a set of hamsters, six cheesecakes. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's go back to the hamster thing. <laughs> you kind of ran past it. Now with that, you know, the pocket, you know, massager, vibrator, if you will, hamsters. Yes. Okay, I cannot make these jokes. Damn it. I'm trying to be nice. Six cheesecakes. Although, I don't think six cheesecakes are left. Those are just mine. Yeah, I, that's, I would that's, take that as a tip. Yeah, that's, that's public. Uh, <laughs> You're not getting those cheesecakes back. Two painted rat traps. Two fingernails. My friend's fake tooth. Mm. <laughs> not sure where that would be a thing. And a blue cap that says, I love the smell of jet fuel in the morning. That's different. Uh, go back to the hamsters because I almost want to ask you what you're going to say about the hamsters, but I'm afraid. Well, just for the fact that I was getting ready to put it in, like, in connection with the pocket massager. <laughs> I'm willing to say that I, I still stopped when I was ahead. So... The remote control massager. <laughs> like You are did, really going for gold with me, aren't you? How did they know it was remote control? Was it in in, in use? Was it a new massager? Like if I found a massager just laying in the back of my car, I don't I don't know if I would touch it. Like how did you extract it? Depends on what was on the seats. Okay. Moving on. Glove it. Moving on. <laughs> Anyway, back to Postigate, I would also <laughs> like to admonish whoever did this that that was a waste of good pasta, and there are so many people that could have been uh, could have eaten if that is true. As well, that much pasta that could have gone to a food bank. I don't know. So wait, so if there's three hundred to four hundred pounds of pasta that was found, does that mean somewhere there's like three hundred, four hundred? I don't know, pounds or whatever of like pasta sauce. Cause I, I dare say you don't have that much pasta. You, you can't have in stores that much pasta without some, I don't know, some crushed tomatoes, some marinara, something on the end. Are we going to find it? <laughs> there's going to be a pasta sauce game. Yeah. It's entirely possible. One, but two. Okay. Let me ask. And what state was this? New Jersey. Did, was Chris Christie involved? Well, I was thinking the Real Housewives in New Jersey because it sounds like that would be what Teresa would cook in a year's time. Um, no, I was also trying not to make any <laughs> Italian or Sopranos jokes. But you said Chris Christie. <laughs> He's the former governor of the state. But I didn't say anything. I mean, look, if you watch <clears throat> the Real Housewives in New Jersey, which I've been known to do once in a while, they take their the women take their pasta dishes rather seriously. I'm just saying they they go through a lot of pasta on the show. It wasn't and judging; they just go through a lot of pasta. Do they usually eat it or do they throw it at each other? A little both. Do they knock it off tables? A little both. Do they flip tables with pasta on it? Again, a little both. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. So anyway, the plot thickens. We don't know where that happens, but we're hoping that the people. And we're glad that the people in New Jersey in that area, Old Bridge did Old Bridge Township did get that resolved, and may their life be filled with less oddly placed pasta in the future. 
You know what? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep you on path to your better self. So let's just skip on to the last story, shall we? Yes, we shall. Yes. And this is actually a story that was I found at the Daily Meal. And it's it's actually a follow-up a story that we reported well over a year ago. Remember when we discussed the fact that Subway had at one time been sued, or they actually sued someone. I think it was the CBC, because they reported that their chicken sandwiches are not quite filled with chicken. Ah, uh, yes. As it turns out, Subway is not the only one. And the Daily Mail came up with an article um, revealed that there were 14 fast food restaurants that don't use 100% real chicken. And so, for example, King's Chicken Nuggets, and I'll put a link to it on our show notes as always. They actually use, um, and they're, uh, were, okay, they use breast meat and rib meat. They use a whole host of flavoring. But then they also use something, um, the nuggets are injected with water and chicken broth to bulk up the product. So they use like, you know, substances. Substances. Okay, maybe that's that's a badly way of putting it. So it's not 100% chicken. They, you know, obviously they add like different broth and MSG and things like that just to plump it out and make it more chicken-like, but then... We are here to pump <laughs> you up. But then you get to Whataburger, for example, and Whataburger actually uses soybean protein. So not all the protein in the chicken nuggets is, in fact, chicken. It's from soybean. Okay. I have heard there are some places that, yes, use to, I uh, guess you would say, stretch their meat and supply that they have. I have heard some Soybean extracts being used. And they're not alone. As of July 2022, um, which, again, we had talked about earlier, also use a proportion of soybean concentrate, among other additives, in order to full out the bulk of their chicken. But they also use potato starch as well, um, as well as dextrose, which is a form of sugar to add sweetness. So that again, explains a lot Yes, about Subway. And they're perching for um, not coming up exactly as 100% of things. So chicken nuggets from McDonald's, they use corn flour in order to bulk it up and use um, extract, as well as there's added fats and flour and sugar and baking soda and starches that they add to the chain of Smash Burger. Which is actually interesting because I have never ordered chicken from Smashburger. No, you're right. I've never, yeah, I don't think I've ever had chicken from there either. Now that I think about it, now I might try it. So I want to put a link. Um, it is actually pretty interesting how many of them actually use soybean, which is pretty fascinating because, believe it or not, there are people who have soy um, sensitivity. So... I don't know if they don't regularly advertise it, so it would be something to know before you go in and get it. But I imagine that the amounts are so negligible and size and amounts that it doesn't really have any type of surprises, if you will. No, I think if you eat enough of it, you will start to notice that there something that's not 100% because they're just shaped so interestingly 
depending on like, you know, what chicken product you get. But two, if you chew something enough, start to become interesting that this may not taste like your traditional yard bird. Like I have a thing between somewhere between McDonald's and Wendy's, somewhere in your chicken nuggets or in your chicken patties. I'm starting to wonder if you guys are using a little extra soybean or a little extra tofu because the chewiness is a little heavy handed. Well, I don't necessarily believe it's tofu, tofu, but I know with soybean, depending on how it's processed, you're right. It could change the um, texture. You know, the the one on the list that surprised me Okay, was actually Wendy's. According to this, only 50%, 56% rather, of the Wendy's classic chicken sandwich is its chicken breast. I, tr- I actually kind of believe that. The other 44% is a mixture of other ingredients, which are there for flavor, texture, and to regulate the structure. Outside the chicken breast, the second most um, ingredient, rather, is water, surrounded by wheat flour, which we know part of that is actually for the actual coating. But then they also include rising agents and something called dehydrated chicken powder (laughs) or to give it the chicken flavor. But I'm surprised that only 56% of the sandwich is actually chicken. Because how often do you get a chicken sandwich and don't even think about it? You just assume. Yeah. Okay. I really admit, like, you know, when you go to a place that pretty much are heavy chicken producers, such as like a a Popeye's or a Chick-fil-A, you pretty much know, like, okay, they're they're basically dealing with the whole, like, they're dealing with the house of cluck. We get it. But, yeah, you go to some other places there, like burger joints or, you know, non, you know, chicken distributors, as you would say, kind of like an Arby's, and you're just basically, you know, game for whatever they toss in there. Well, to be... They could just salt it over as much as they want. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. I was just saying, to be fair... We also know that fast food restaurants regularly make these type of decision-making in their food choices as far as their recipes because they need to mass-produce something in a way that's quickly able to be, you know, in some cases shipped frozen, to be able to thaw, to be able to sit under ovens under a long period of time. So they have all sorts of resources um, that are disposable uh, to make this look appealing even though you and I both know that, you know, we're probably buying into the fantasy if we're getting like 100% anything when we go to a fast food restaurant. Yeah, I gave up that fantasy a long time ago. I'm not tattooed nor Mr. Rourke, so pretty much I gave up. I'm just, as long as it tastes good, I can live with some of that. <laughs> but I do remember that. So in- you're okay with being lied to as long as it tastes good. Yes. You're like, fuck that nutrition. Yes. It's like the concept of, remember when we would go in the store and you would look for organic uh, meats and vegetables? And I'm just at the point now where I'm like, you know what? They're just like marking up the price so heavy. I'm like, I don't care if I get a chicken with a kino call. And that's why I don't let you grocery stop. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, if they, if you know, when they talk about <laughs> a free range chicken or, you know, you know, uh, was, you know, raised, you know, Humanely and whatnot. I'm like, I don't care if you, you know, if you slap the chicken around a few times, <laughs> as long as it tastes good, I'm cool with it. You know, when Big Daddy and I go shopping, I bug him so much because 
I like look at all the ingredients on the back. I kind of see, okay, is this humanely raised? What's, what's, you know, we have to like watch our salt and our sugar intake. You know, do I need to worry about that? What percentage of the breading is made of this substance? Big Daddy will just take something and throw it in the cart. Yeah, I'm like, okay. He doesn't look at anything. Our is yes. <laughs> if, you know, if said protein it, or is, you know, if it looks like it's all bent up and, you know, like it can kill me, like, you know, salmonella or list, I was, is it not Listerine? Sorry, I apologize. Listeria. Listerine. <laughs> 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 that was me. I, I admit it. But yeah, like, you know, you want something that's, you know, look, it looks healthy enough to put in your basket. But, you know, I'm not that attached to like, you know, organically, you know, raised well, farm I'm animals. Thinking about that. I'm thinking about like, do you even sniff it before you put it in the cart? It's packaged. You don't know how long it's been packaged. If it's discolored, yes, I worry about it, but... <laughs> Past that point, like, okay. He's like, it's all going to get heated up in anyway. Yeah, I'm like, if it's stank, you know, as you're putting it in the basket, then yeah, I'm concerned. But no, I don't go that deep. I don't usually put my nose to my chicken. Pretty much the chicken and I, like, when we touch, it's usually at the point <laughs> if I'm like, you know, you know, when I'm like, you know, putting rub or basting it. <laughs> you're not concerned about that chicken's well-being at all. You're just like, screw it. Yeah, I take it's... it home, wash it, you know, <laughs> slap a whole lot of seasoning and stuff on it, and let's go. Okay, well, in that mind, then, just know when Big Daddy chooses your meal, he gives no fucks about anything other than the end product. <laughs> I don't care how it gets to your pl- you know how it gets to your plate. All I ask is that I can cook it and it comes out good. One, <laughs> but two, didn't we also have a conversation once about? You know, was it McDonald's or somewhere else where the, was it the chicken that was, might have been mixed in with some other seafood type material? Oh, 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 okay. I don't know how much of the story I can tell. I'm trying to be obscure. Yes, but I Thank had you, a... Bond. I, that's not even her, stop. No, I'm being obscure. Don't, Obtuse. Stop name checking her. So anyway, there was, I have a relative who actually went to Alaska and they worked on the boat. So like, if you see the most dangerous catch, I I have a family member who did that for what? Six months. Give or take. Yes. Yeah. And he told me when he returned, the thing he warned me about was when you get fish sandwiches at certain places that they're not a hundred percent fish. Sometime what's in that winds up in other sandwiches, per se. So I'm not going to name the company because, okay. again, we just had a long discussion about getting sued. And I would prefer not to get another cease and desist letter ever. So I send all inquiries. <laughs> it's like, hit Big Daddy. So <laughs> To rock a garbage man in care of Baltimore. No one is going to be fooled by your references to Rock. <laughs> Who may or may not know Rocky Carroll. You don't even know the man's last name, the character. Uh, <laughs> was it Johnson? 
get everybody named Johnson, right? In Baltimore, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Care Lamar Jackson, who is a very rich man. It might be Rock Jackson. <laughs> anyway, just let the buyer beware when you go to these fast food restaurants. And just always know that what you think you're getting on the menu may not always be the case. <laughs> so I tell you what, why don't we take a moment, catch a breath, take a break, and then we'll return with the best thing we ate this week. You're listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. We will be right back. Hey guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Lorano. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today at Amazon.com. We're back. This is JJ Outlaw. And And you are listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast, wrapping up as we do every episode by sharing the best thing we ate this week. As a reminder, these are fantastic, um, you know, recipes (laughs) that could come from a restaurant, a food truck, a diner, a hole in the wall, hell, your own kitchen for that matter. No matter what, if it's good grub, we want to hear about it. And share it with everybody else. So if you have a recipe or a restaurant or someplace you want to show, give us a, um, a heads up. Drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. Again, that's thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And we'll read your response on the show. So we are here, as always, with Big Daddy. You're going to start off first. Although I have a feeling we're probably going to say the same thing. But... Uh, I'm going to hear what you have to say first. What is the best thing you've had since we were last on the mic? So the best thing we had on. Or you've had, rather. That I have had. Yes. In in process actually came about on our anniversary, in which we spoke about earlier. Our wedding anniversary, in which we have been together as a married couple for 18 years. So... We went forth a lot about the different places that we wanted to try. And we settled on, of all places, a restaurant that was involved barbecue and copious amounts of meat. <laughs> we like our meat. <laughs> so we came across this place called the True Barbecue and Whiskey Bar. Yep. Which is funny because neither drank whiskey or really hung out at the bar at all, but... What we went in for was the barbecue, and I would like to believe that it very much delivered. Yes. So we both had like two meat flights. Oh no, it wasn't meat flights. It was it was a smoked meat potter. Because meat flights, that was the one that was the pork flight. Remember that had like ribs, and it was it was the, the meat flight was different than what we ordered. Okay, I apologize. So we had a two meat combo. It was the smoke, the smoke meats combo. Yes, and my smoke meats were 
pulled pork and, or as they say, a pork shoulder. Right. You know, and damn well it's pulled pork because, you know, that's where we flap rum. But the best thing I had this, I ate this week was actually their brisket. And you know, damn it, how hard I am on people's briskets. We have talked about that many times on the show. Yes, we have. <laughs> and so my comment was that, you know, when they laid the brisket down in front of me, I'm like, you can't just, you know, show up with having your like, you know, your simple little brisket and not have me, have me critique it. And I partook and I have to admit it was actually pretty good. I would like to say it was very dignifiedly smoked. <laughs> what is dignifiedly smoked mean? Do they put their pinkies up when they smoke it? <laughs> I would to truly hope not. Because I don't know where they had their pinkies before here. <laughs> but, you know, I did comment to the goober that, you know, when I go in and I have somebody smoke my meats that, you know, I want it like, you know, just good, hard and, and smoked with like, you know, a good hickory Oak, maple, you know, older wood type, you know, depending on what the meat is that, you know, I want a good and hard smoked. And I'm willing to say that the brisket that they presented to me was very flavorful. It did have a good smoking sensation to it, had good notes. You know, it was not overcooked. It was not dry. It was actually very good. And like they trimmed a good amount of the fat. And I was very pleasantly pleased because it was cooked to my satisfaction. And I was very changed by the brisket com I mean the, the brisket portion of the combo of the smoked meats. I was I say that the pork shoulder was like a slob either. It was actually very tasty too, but man, that brisket had me thinking, man, I did good. I made good choices at least. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm willing to say that the brisket at the True Whiskey Bar, barbecue and whiskey bar, was the best thing I ate this week. Well, that's awesome. And I have to say, I, too, is part of my smoked meats combo, um, also had the brisket. So I can also verify that what you said it was really, really well seasoned. And it was just melting your mouth delicious. So they did an incredible job on that. And I have to say, um, the service that we got was amazing. So that just put everything over the top. It itself, it, I, I have to say, even though I'm not as hard on people's briskets than you are, although I'm blessed to have an uncle, and you also mentioned this on the show, that can really throw down on brisket, my uncle Rayfield. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Still trying to get it. Now you now you name calling folks? <laughs> We've mentioned him on the show before. But <laughs> I know you're trying to get his brisket recipe. But outside of my Uncle Rayfield, I would have to say this brisket's in the top three. And you, you again, you know how, t how great my Uncle Rayfield's brisket is. So for me to mention in the same sentence as his brisket, you know, it's good brisket. Yeah. And now I'm on my, on my scale. I'm, I'm going to put your Uncle Rayfield's brisket in the top. The true whiskey bar. I'll put it in the top 10. Me personally, I think it's up there. But again, it's it's a very good brisket. So kudos to them and um, that. Um, now, my and oh, and by the way, before I go into mine, the reason why I mentioned that the flight was separate. Yes. Is one, 
you know, I always want to make sure that I'm as transparent as possible. So when people go to this restaurant based on our recommendations, they know specifically what to ask for. Um, and again, I'll put in the show notes. But the flight, to be honest, we almost ordered the flight. And I may go back for that flight. Because what's included with the pork flight are ribs, hips, pulled pork, again, pork shoulder, andouille sausage, and fried ribs. And I got to say, if it's anything like my choice, which again also comes from the true barbecue and whiskey bar, the fried ribs, that is got to be a really awesome flight. So my choice is the fried ribs. It is, um, you get five, five, were those like St. Louis style ribs that were cut in strips? Would you say they're St. Louis style? Yeah, it did have St. Louis bone. Right. So you get five individual ribs cut into strips. Mm. It's covered with what they call an Alabama sauce and a mild barbecue. And it's over a Southwestern slaw. Let me tell you, we didn't mess with the slaw. (laughs) I just went down on those ribs. Oh, my God. They were so moist. Um, It... Just really a good texture. You know how when you get a good rib that you can eat it without a lot of sauce? I ate that mostly without a lot of sauce. Like they had some sauce drizzled on top, which was surprising because the Alabama sauce, I was expecting it to be kind of um, like a white sauce, like a white barbecue sauce. Yes. Like we had talked about this, right? Correct. Um, But their Alabama sauce... Um, and more of a mustardy container. Right. It was almost like a mustard style um, sauce that they had on top of it. And which was a little bit of a surprise, but it hit really well with the mild sauce that you can tell that when they fried it, they kind of based it in the way that they did it. She explained it. Yes. But, oh, that just hit a certain way. It came down to the last rib, and we're looking at each other like, okay, I know this is your anniversary, and it would be shitty if we fought over food. <sighs> and something in Big Daddy must have been like, oh, she seriously wants this rib. She relented. <laughs> like, I, I had to relent because <laughs> I could literally see her, I could see her pork getting ready to, like, <laughs> go into my hand, and I just kind of acquiesced. No, 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 no. It's not like... We go to Red Lobster, and I am prepared for a fork to be territorial over the biscuits. It wasn't like that. But still, it was good enough that I kind of, okay, if we want to go to 19th year, maybe I'll relent. Although, to be fair, we did talk about splitting the last rib. And then finally, you're just like, you know what? You can have it. No, because you can't split a bone. No, because we could each take a slide. It was that. Like tender, and we could each just strip aside. Yeah, not that particular last one. That was true one, but two. I I do admit I was a fan of the fried rib texture because I the the couple I had did it have me sucking bone. You know, when you start like you know going for the marrow, that's when you know you have a good bone. Yes, and it was fabulous. So, um. You can't go wrong. We've had, oh, and my choice besides the smoked and the smoked meat platter, 
I also had their pork belly, which was exquisite. So pretty much everything that we had there was just on point delicious. Um, as a side, I got their, um, gosh, what was it? It was a Brussels sprout, but it was with a touch of honey. Um, gosh, give me a second. I have to look it up because it, it was so good. I want to make sure that people knew about it. Yeah, it was a Brussels sprout with honey and Parmesan. And then also I got one of their cornbread biscuits, which I have to say was a delight. Like, how often do you, like, bite into a piece of cornbread and go, you know what? That was delightful. I actually said that. <laughs> it was delightful for the goober. <laughs> so I have to say, yes, um, everything was on point. It was definitely one of our favorite places we went to eat. Everyone was incredibly nice um, for the holiday and for our anniversary. So we cannot recommend enough the fried ribs for me the brisket for you, but it was all great <laughs> at the true barbecue um, and whiskey bar. It looks like in terms of locations, they're mainly, I think, focused in Indiana. Um, but what I'll do, as always, I'll put a link in our show notes. So if you happen to be um, just outside of Chicago and Crown Point, Munster or Griffith, check these places out. They're definitely worth the trip. Yeah, and it's true, T-R-U. Yes. So definitely check it out. It's worth the trip. So, hey, we just want to take this opportunity to say thank you again for listening to another episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Where can they find you, Big Daddy? Well, you can find me, Tiatla, on Twitter, as long as it still exists, at <laughs> Tiatla. And you can also find me on Instagram at TLLs. I'm also on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. You can find me on Instagram at <laughs> the Gourmet, at Gourmet Goober, rather. Skip the the. So it's just at Gourmet Goober. And as a reminder, I'm also on Spotable and S P O U T I B L E. So if you're not on Spotable already, definitely check it out. And you can find me at JJ Outlaw. So for Big Daddy and I, we're so really grateful that you have joined us and been a part of the show. Until next time, happy eating. Happy eating. <laughs>